The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Dixon & Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. April 15th can often feel like a looming deadline for Americans as a scramble to find tax-related documents plus getting information uploaded can seem like a daunting task. So on today's episode, Ben and I bring in a tax expert to help provide some clarity and confidence this tax season. You're listening to The Financial Edge Podcast. Welcome back to The Financial Edge Podcast. My name is Tyler Schweigert, and once again joining me is Ben Schamberger. Greetings. Both financial advisors for Dixon & Company Wealth Management in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And right now, we are in the middle of tax season. And for a while, Ben and I have been wanting to bring on certain guests that we're confident will help sharpen your financial edge. Today's guest was a former vice president for Wachovia Bank. She now owns a thriving CPA practice and has been in the industry successfully serving clients for over six years. All that being said, we are more than excited to have Trisha Higgins, CPA, on our show today. Trisha, how are you? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Trisha, we're excited to have you on the show today. And I know... I've known you for almost about two years now, uh, but during that time, I don't think that I've actually heard you talk much about your story. So how about we start there? Okay. Um, well, right out of college, I did start with uh, public accounting, spent two years doing that. Uh, after that, I moved uh, into working for Wachovia Bank, which is now Wells Fargo. Mm -hmm. I did spend about 20 years there working in uh, various accounting support areas. Uh, right before the Wells uh, Fargo merger, I did leave the bank. Mm -hmm. I did do some part-time work at a credit union. Okay. And then just decided to start a second career. Mm -hmm. And so now I own uh, two businesses, one that is tax and accounting and one that is an investment company. So did, were you working in Winston-Salem at that time for Wachovia or was it another location? Um, I worked in Winston-Salem mainly, but when uh, Wachovia and First Union merged, I did move to Charlotte for about seven years Okay, and then uh, moved back to Winston-Salem. Man, that's awesome. And so with the transition into personal accounting, I guess, how did you go from with working at, at Wachovia to working as a personal CPA? What was that journey like? Well, in starting the, the tax and accounting, since I was starting later in life, second career, um, I did buy a practice mm -hmm. uh, from a CPA. So I bought a small to medium medium practice, which really helped me get started and helped me build the, the client base that I have today. So with that being said, obviously having a lot of clients, but then I feel like tax law is always changing. I mean, how do you stay on top of everything with an ever-evolving tax code? It is challenging. I am a member of a couple of CPA um, organizations who do a very good job of sending out daily emails that kind of highlight changes. Uh, they have forums where other CPAs can ask questions and respond. Uh, so it's really just keeping on top of uh, a lot of information that, that is coming to me. Man, that's got to be just like a huge amount of trying to remember everything. Too. <laughs> is there software that helps like with the analytics of that or application of that ever? Or? Uh, no, it's really more just sort of uh, reading various articles or summaries, uh, particularly this past year. We had several uh, relief bills come out. Each one of those bills had some tax law impacts 
And so it was really just reading as much as I could to kind of understand how that would help or impact um, my business or individual clients. Hmm. It sounds like there's a lot of value to be had for people who um, would find themselves in a situation kind of thinking about their taxes. When you think of uh, the benefits of someone working with a CPA, like what's the difference between someone who wants to do it themselves or working with someone like you? Well, I think certainly one of the benefits in working with a CPA um, is that they are staying on top of tax law changes. They can give you heads up as to how it may impact you, um, particularly if you own a small business or you have a more complex um, sort of financial tax situation. Mm -hmm. I think a couple of other uh, benefits to having a CPA is helping you with tax planning. Mm -hmm. Um, And if, unfortunately, you have an issue with the IRS, a CPA can help you through that resolution process as well. Yeah, I know dealing with the IRS is always a bit of an intimidating thing to go through. (laughs) It it, it is. And fortunately, the IRS does have a special telephone line that CPA practitioners can call. So sometimes we're able to get through a little more quickly um, than maybe an individual. Okay, I actually did not know that. That's really cool. That's really neat. (laughs) All right. So, I mean, with you mentioned a little bit of the tax updates and some of the different like highlights from the past year. I mean, what are some of those that maybe some people might not be aware of or maybe should know going forward into 2021 with the new administration? What's your thoughts on that? Sure. If I could just maybe make one general comment before I kind of proceed. Um, Just want to make sure people understand that most of my um, responses will be related to federal tax laws. Mm -hmm. Each state has their own set of tax laws, Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm primarily speaking from a federal standpoint. It's good to know. Um, Also, this may be a good opportunity just to throw out a couple of terminology items that that I may be hitting on as I'm explaining things. Yeah. Um, A lot of times people will ask me, well, what's the difference between a tax deduction uh, versus a tax credit? Uh, So I just want to briefly explain those. Please. So a tax deduction will reduce your taxable income, which then in turn reduces your taxes. It is not a dollar for dollar. A tax credit will reduce your actual tax liability dollar for dollar. So if you have a $50 tax credit, then that will take $50 off of your tax liability. Now, there, there are a couple of differences with tax credits. There is a non-refundable portion of a tax credit, and there is a refundable portion. So the non-refundable tax credit is a tax credit that only reduces your tax liability to zero. So if there is any amount that remains mm-hmm. for that credit, it is automatically forfeited. A refundable tax credit means you will get the refund even if you don't have a tax liability. So, for example, a common tax credit is the child tax credit. Right. It's $2,000 per child under the age of 17. Of that $2,000, $1,400 is refundable and $600 is not. So just kind of wanted to throw those two terms out there. So, for example... If if I had say two kids, I've got three. Oh, Ben's got three. So <laughs> way better example. Ben's got Ben's got three kids. Yep. 
And so uh, I'm trying to do the math really quickly in my head. <laughs> so, so starting off, he would have a $6,000 credit. Okay. So, if so you, initially, that credit is going to reduce your tax liability. Okay. If your tax liability is less than $6,000, then you will use up the non-refundable portion. Got and I'm it. not going to do the math either, but you may then have a portion of that tax credit that is refundable. So, so with that said, I'll... I'll jump into your question about yeah. uh, the, the tax law changes or recent tax law changes that have happened. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, there have been at least two relief bills um, that were passed in 2020. Both of those did have impacts on um, the tax laws. So the first question people ask is the, about the stimulus checks. Yeah, definitely. So, so if you didn't receive both of the stimulus checks, but you were entitled to them, you can claim the money on your 2020 tax return. So that is referred to as the recovery rebate credit. So, for example, would that be like, say, somebody was a dependent, say, two years ago, and then they went out on their own last year and they were working and they qualified for the credit, but then maybe the IRS used their tax return from two years ago. So the issue with dependents is if the dependent was between the age of 17 and 24, they did not receive any stimulus funds, nor did their parents. If they are now on their own and independent, then they can file a 2020 tax return mm -hmm. and they should be able to get the stimulus if they meet the other requirements. Okay. So that is one example. Gotcha. Another example is people who just did not need to file a tax return. Uh, they weren't able to get onto the IRS website. Mm -hmm. So they may have missed getting a stimulus check that they were entitled to receive. Uh, so again, the 2020 tax return is the chance to then claim those stimulus checks if you are entitled to them. That's good info. Um, the other change with one of the relief bills is that if you take the standard deduction, you can still deduct up to $300 in charitable donations. And this is kind of referred to as an above-the-line deduction. So you can still take the standard deduction, but also deduct up to $300 Okay. from your taxable income. So just to note, and I believe that that will continue into 2021 tax return as well. Um, another change that happened with the relief bill was if you are required to take a minimum distribution from a retirement account, uh, that was waived for 2020. Okay. So you did not have to take that money out. Uh, that was true for inherited uh, retirement accounts as well. If you did have to withdraw money from a retirement account because you had a financial impact due to the virus, uh, so you needed to take money out, uh, the relief bill allows you to spread that money over three years. So rather than being hit all in 2020, you can now spread that, that taxable income out. If you are under 59 and a half, the 10% tax penalty was waived. So just be aware of that as you're doing your 2020, you do have that option. You don't have to take it, but you do have it. So I want to go back to that and, and maybe put that in an example. Let's say, for example, I was having a hardship last year and, you know, I needed to take out, 
you know, ten thousand dollars out of my out of my four hundred one k because of everything going on. You're saying that I could spread that over the next three years, right? So one third of that would be included on your twenty twenty tax return. Another one third in twenty twenty one, and the last in twenty twenty two. Perfect. And since you were under the age of fifty nine and a half, that ten percent penalty or that thousand dollars is also waived. Great. That's a huge benefit for people, especially if it would have had the potential to maybe bump you up into, the, say, the next income bracket or something like along those lines. Correct. 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 Um, and the last one I'll mention this this was a big item for businesses. Uh, If you uh, run a business and you received a payroll protection program loan and the amount is forgiven, then that forgiven amount is not included in your business income as well as the expenses that you paid for using those funds are now deductible. So it's almost like you're getting a double benefit. But I do want to note that not all states are following that process. So, for example, in North Carolina, while the forgiven portion is not included in income, you are not allowed to deduct the expenses that were paid for with that uh, loan. So, in essence, for North Carolina, business owners could have a higher taxable income. Is that on a federal side or is that also referring to like the state income tax? That is referring to your state income tax. So again, on the federal side, you can uh, take the deductions, exclude the income. But then when it comes to doing your North Carolina state tax return, you are going to have to basically add back those deductions. So that will increase your state taxable income. Got it. Trisha, thanks so much for hitting some of those recent tax law changes. Um, I want to go backwards a little bit and see and have a conversation around what are some of the other changes you've seen from previous tax law changes. Sure. Um, In 2018, we had some uh, significant tax law changes as well as there were some changes even prior to that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to mention some that I see most often that has caused um, issues for some of my clients. Uh, One of the biggest has been the uh, marketplace health insurance subsidy. So the way this works is if your income is at a certain level, you may qualify for the government to pay a portion of your monthly health insurance uh, premiums. Right. When you prepare your tax returns, you have to include the amount of assistance or subsidy that you received during the year. So if your adjusted gross income on your tax return is greater than the income number you used when you obtained that insurance, you may end up having to pay back some of that subsidy received. Gotcha. So this, this unfortunately did happen to a few of my clients. In some cases, it was a sizable amount. Yeah. So in order to avoid this, you just want to make sure you are giving realistic income numbers if you are obtaining that subsidy and that you monitor your income during the year. If, you, if your income suddenly jumps significantly, mm-hmm. you can go back and adjust the subsidy. Got you. So that is just something to monitor during the year. That's really helpful. Really. I have I have seen some of those situations take place, even with people that I know where you know, they, they received a pretty large cash infusion for a, a year that they weren't anticipating. And 
they were maybe on the marketplace and it just completely messed up what their subsidies were and they had to repay a, a pretty decent sizable amount back. So, right, yep. right. That is that has definitely happened numerous times. Um, a, another challenge that I saw, particularly with the 2018 tax law changes, um, was the removal of exemptions. So mm-hmm. removing the exemptions, I think, caused the calculation that uh, payroll companies use to calculate your withholdings if you're a W-2 employee. Yep. And I think in a lot of cases, it was not withholding enough. So when it came yep. to preparing 2018 tax returns, um, I found with several of my W-2 only clients that they suddenly owed quite a bit in taxes for 2018, which was abnormal. In past years, they owed very little or had a small refund. And I think it just all stemmed from there wasn't enough being withheld on their uh, payroll. So what I recommended to them was to, one, kind of monitor their withholdings. Mm-hmm. And if they felt like it was enough was not being withheld, to then contact their HR or payroll department and have them withhold an additional amount each month, okay. uh, at least until we feel like the calculation is is being more realistic in terms yeah. of what should be withheld. So can I ask a question on that? Just sure. in particular, because I know, you know, back in 2018, when the new tax law went into place, you know, it was being touted as being able to save middle class families a decent amount of money on a month to month basis. You know, the average American family was supposed to save a couple of thousand dollars a year in taxes. But then, yeah, they got to the tax filing and they're like, what in the world? Now I owe taxes where in the past I used to get a refund. So it almost seemed like it was counterintuitive compared to what was being propagated. What is your thoughts? Like, was it just because they were seeing more on a month-to-month basis that just wasn't being withheld from their paychecks? Or was it an actual benefit to them? I guess, what what are your thoughts from seeing it from the other side? I think part of it was, yes, people were getting a little more in their paycheck and may not have realized it, that that wasn't being withheld. Removing the exemptions, doubling the standard deduction had various impacts on people. Um, So particularly people who maybe had six exemptions, uh, made a lot of donations. Uh, If you you looked at their total exemptions and their total deductions that they were taking in past years, that number could have been greater than what they ended up with when they had to take a standard deduction. So that's just sort of a general comment, I think, in between the withholding calculations, the removal of the exemptions, the doubling of the standard impacted people in various ways. And so for some people, it did result in higher taxes. Yeah. And in other people, it could have resulted in a bigger refund. Got you. The, the last item I'll mention is uh, just particularly want to speak to people who either uh, own a small business or are thinking about starting a business. Um, I certainly encourage you to understand the different types of legal entities that you can establish, how those are taxed differently, um, how you can establish retirement accounts that is different depending on the type of entity that you have. Um, And I think that is certainly a situation where working with a CPA or a lawyer could be helpful to make sure you understand that before uh, you actually start your business. 
Yeah, so along those lines, I know, you know, we're we're in a season now almost where in America, you know, starting a side hustle or starting some sort of a side gig business, whatever it might be, you know, the American economy is turning a lot more into almost a gig economy with the rise of online marketplaces and different things that people can do. Like, are there some specific watchouts and some different things that you see with clients that say own some of those online marketplaces or, you know, have side side gigs? Is that kind of what you're relating back to? Right. I think it's more um, making sure that you talk with someone, again, like a CPA or a lawyer, talk through what your plans are so they can help you understand, well, what is the type of entity I should set up? Or be aware that these are the taxes you're going to pay. So, for example, if you are a gig worker, you're getting paid with a 1099, you're not an employee, you're not getting a W-2. So you are not having taxes withheld and you are not having self-employment taxes withheld so that now becomes your responsibility so a lot of people get surprised when they get to tax season they've got these 1099s and now all of a sudden not only do they owe income taxes both federal and state they also have to pay the self-employment tax self-employment tax is a flat 15.3 percent tax regardless of how much you make um, so that can lead to a sizable tax bill in the neighborhood of 25 to 30% that people may not have been expecting. So it's, again, a matter of at least understanding how you're going to be taxed uh, and understanding what is the best entity to sort of minimize your tax. The other thing I'll mention for businesses, in addition to income taxes and self-employment tax, you may also have to pay sales tax. You may have to pay property taxes, depending on the county and the state that you live in. So there are, are a lot of different issues related to a business. So just, just be informed. So generally speaking, Trish, I mean, as I'm hearing you say those things, if this is something that I as a business owner really haven't thought about until I'm hearing this recording right now, all of a sudden I'm beginning to feel a little bit fearful and a little bit like, oh, crap. What could potentially happen to me? So generally speaking, high level, like what kind of advice would you recommend as a starting point for somebody who might be feeling that right now? So if you started that in 2020, had not thought through the issues we just talked about, uh, I think you want to get your taxes done as soon as possible. And just be aware that that tax bill may be higher than you expect it to be. Uh, And then the second step would be start talking to someone about how you can get set up to either one, make sure you're withholding taxes throughout the year or making estimated tax payments, um, but start being proactive about taking steps to, to set the business up and be better prepared uh, for, the, for those taxes. That's huge. So let's say, for example, then somebody is in that situation and they have you know, uh, an unexpected tax bill that they didn't realize they were going to have to owe. Is that something that they they need to pay all up front? Is there options for that person? What does the IRS require? So there are options. If you end up with a tax bill that you cannot pay, the IRS will allow you to set up an installment plan. Um, Most of those installment plans can be electronically filed when you file your tax return. You will have to note what your minimum monthly payment is going to be. 
They can either draft that money straight from your checking account or they can send you a bill each month, however you want to do it. There are some setup fees. Um, so there's certainly an option to do an installment plan. I know that North Carolina will allow you to set up an installment plan as well. I assume other states would. Uh, so that is certainly something you can do. I would encourage people, though, to try and pay that tax bill as quickly as possible. Um, the interest does add up. Um, but yes, you do have that option. No, that's really good. Thank you for that insight. So, all right. So I, I feel a little bit better now if I'm a business owner, at least knowing that there's some options and not thinking that, you know, the IRS is going to come take everything I have like tomorrow morning. So um, that's helpful. So I want to actually jump to another somewhat related conversation. And that's this. We get this conversation. Uh, I feel like it, it happens on some level quite frequently, and that yeah. is tax refunds. So are they are they good? Are they bad? What's your thoughts on that? My thought on tax refunds, um, I, I do have some clients who intentionally withhold a large amount of taxes from their salaries. Uh, they do view that as a way to save money. I understand that, but I would also caution people who do it. Um, so if you have a large refund due uh, to you and you suddenly have an identity theft issue happen, then it could take you well over a year to get that issue resolved. So that is my caution on, uh, you know, having the government hold your money. Um, you could run into issues where it is going to take you longer to get that refund. I'm not saying in an identity theft situation you won't get it. Right. I think you will get it, but I had a client for whom that took um, probably a year to get it resolved. Wow. So I encourage my clients to not withhold at a very high rate. I would rather see people have an automatic movement from checking to savings if that's what you need to do in order to, to save. That's huge. Yeah, that's that's really huge. I think that opens up another level of insight that most people probably haven't even had a conscious thought before. Um, and even as I'm hearing you saying that now and I'm process, processing that in my own mind, it's that, okay, well, now this gives me um, this gives me a, a reason, a deeper level of reasoning why I should actually, you know, not withhold so much before versus actually just saying, oh, well, yeah, okay, well, people argue whether we should or whether you shouldn't. So this is really, really good. What else, Tricia, would, would you say are some other watchouts or other insights with regards to, to taxes or maybe even some tax planning topics that you've come across? Sure. So here are some of the things that, that I commonly see. Um, one is I would just ask uh, people, have you gotten some income this year for which you did not have any taxes withheld? Are you getting a lot of interest income, a lot of dividends? Have you had a lot of capital gains? So just be aware in those situations, you probably are going to owe some taxes. If it is significant, you may want to consider making estimated tax payments during the year. Um, those are, are quarterly tax payments. Um, have you inherited money? A lot of people think I've inherited money. It's tax free. I will say most of it is. But if that money is coming to you from a retirement account, it is not tax free. Um, I've had a lot of clients who have just taken a lump sum out of a retirement account, not realized it was taxable, and had a large tax bill. So just be aware of where the inherited money is coming from and, and be prepared. That's a big one. 
that is. I would also say kind of back to our other conversation of if you have side jobs, uh, if you are working in multiple states, um, I do have clients who, who travel, they earn income in many different states, you will have to file a tax return for each of those states. Uh, but be aware, most states will offer you a tax credit for taxes you've paid in other states. Um, so it's just kind of being aware if you are, again, traveling and working in other areas. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't actually know that. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. That's a good nugget. Um, one other thing I'll mention, this is a common topic I have, particularly with um, my business clients, is this need to spend more in order to reduce their taxes. So my comment on that has always been just understand that if you spend a dollar in your business, you are not saving a dollar worth of taxes. Okay. You are probably saving maybe 20 cents to 25 cents per dollar that you spend. So if you look at it from a cash flow perspective, right. you, are, you are actually cash negative. If you need to spend money for your business, then by all means, spend the money. My point is, don't make that decision just to reduce your taxes. Look at the total impact. I will say the same thing for individual clients and donations. A lot of clients ask me, you know, how much do I need to donate to reduce my taxes? With the standard deduction now having doubled from previous years, you have to spend a very large amount of money in donations in order to see any tax impact. So just for example, you could give away $20,000 and that may save you a few thousand dollars on your tax return. So if you're making donations, make it because you want to make a donation. Don't let the, the taxes drive that decision. So it's just making people aware of the amount of money you may spend in order to save a little bit on your tax return. That's that's perfect. That's so good because that question does come up, especially around charitable giving and saying, oh, well, I give, you know, 10, 12, 30. Okay, well, you're going to have to give a lot more now with the way the tax laws have changed over time. So, yeah. And even like, let's say it's not even giving to a charity. Let's just say towards a traditional IRA, like even the thought process of that for someone that's an employee. What's your thoughts around that? Right. So with my business clients, my response to them usually is if you have money that you want to spend, use that money and put it in a retirement account. You will achieve the same tax benefit as you would if you spent that money on a business expense. So I always encourage people, if you want to reduce your taxes, look at putting that money into a retirement account, at least it's now your money for the future. And again, the tax impact will be the same. And that's because that, that retirement contribution for the business owner, that's an above the line deduction, right? That is correct. Okay. So if you put in $6,000 into a retirement account, you will achieve the same benefit as if you spent that $6,000 on a piece of equipment. All right. So Trisha, this, this has all been incredibly helpful. Uh, obviously we're in the middle of February right now and tax season is, you know, maybe two months out from where we're at presently. What would be your biggest, you know, or what would be some final pieces of advice for somebody that's kind of in that tax mode right now? What are, what are some things that, that we should be thinking about with regards to filing and, and all that? So I definitely encourage clients to try and file on time. 
and be aware of your filing deadlines. If you yeah. own a business, that filing deadline is probably March 15th. If you're an individual, that filing deadline is April 15th. Most states follow those same deadlines, but some do vary. So again, understand the filing dates. If you cannot m m get your tax return done and file on time, then be sure to file a tax extension. And be aware that that is just an extension of time um, to file, not of time to pay. So Ooh, if you owe money on April 15th and you do not pay it, then the IRS will immediately start accruing interest and penalties on April 16th. So when you file an extension, you can file an estimated payment as well. If you feel like you're going to owe, you can do that. Right. So um, that would be my first uh, encouragement. And then obviously the extensions go out until September and October, September for businesses and October for individuals. So I, I just encourage people to get their taxes done as soon as possible. Another reason for trying to file by April 15th is if making an IRA contribution or making a health savings account contribution would help you. You have until April 15th. So if you wait until May or June, you no longer have that opportunity. That makes sense. And so one of the other things, just going back as a point of clarification that I think I've heard you say is, is there's when we talk about penalties, there's actually two. There's there's one for failing to file, but then there's also one for failing to pay. And those are totally separate. They are. So um, if you fail to file an extension, uh, then that will create an additional penalty for you. But if you file the extension, now you're just looking at a failure to pay. Uh, type penalty or interest. Um, and then one other thing I'll just mention along those lines, because I have had several clients come to me recently who, who just haven't filed their tax returns for several years. So just be aware, if you are due a refund and you don't file within three years, you will forfeit that refund. And on the other side, if you owe, then you're just going to owe more. Uh, the longer you wait, because now you've accrued more penalties and more interest. And lastly, for those who feel like they probably don't need to file, they don't have enough income, or feel like their withholdings are, are you know, pretty much on target, there may be some tax credits that you qualify for, mm -hmm. some refundable tax credits. Mm -hmm. So you may be due some money. So it's worth at least exploring uh, to see if filing a tax return will benefit you. There are plenty of free tools that you can use. Uh, the IRS has a, a free filing tool. So I just encourage people to, to kind of stay on top of that and, yeah. and look into it. Well, this has been truly beneficial, honestly, just even highlighting where there can be so much value in working with a professional when it comes to doing taxes. The wealth of knowledge, honestly, Tricia, that, that you have that I know we've relied on time and time again so we just want to say thank you so much for joining us on our show today. It's been such a huge blessing. How can people connect with you if they have questions or if they're looking for a CPA? What's the best way to contact you? Sure, and glad to, to help out today. Uh, my website is uh, the letter K, the letter P, Higgins, CPA.com. Uh, has all my contact information um, on that site. What a fantastic episode this was today. So, yeah. 
tremendous uh, information we received from Trisha today. And so, hey, guys and, and gals, as you're listening to this, just remember, you can find uh, this episode uh, on Spotify, on Anchor FM, on iTunes, uh, Google Play, anywhere that you're going to be listening to your podcast. Uh, you can find it there. If you have more questions for us, um, um, you can reach us at our office, which is 336 245 8626. You can also reach us via the website, which is Dixon, W-M-D-I-X-O-N-W-M, as in wealthmanagement.com, for more information. So thanks so much. You are listening to the Financial Edge Podcast.